teach you my French flipper trick. Like, was that? Was that? Do you think that was in the script? Uh, I don't think Danny came to set with that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Tells from the Clerk, the first and official Vulcan Video Podcast. I am Adam Sweeney. My name is Rob Gagnon. And it is a dark and stormy night in Austin, Texas. We are thrilled to come to you on a Monday night. It's actually really stormy and really bad. By the way, Travis, you should introduce yourself as well. I'm Travis. Done. <laughs> so uh, I don't have an elevator pitch for myself. No. Like, yeah. Well, that's okay. I'm the guy who makes the thunder happen. That's a pretty good pitch, man. <laughs> like, what is it? It's like a, well, like a. Well, Zeus fucked, you know. That was goat. like that was like Walter White almost. You know, like the one who's like, I'm the one who knocks. <laughs> I'm the one who makes the thunder happen. <laughs> that's, that's well. The, I mean, it's also a really awkward way of saying because I should have. I, I could say I bring the thunder. You know, no, that's, I like this a lot better. Okay. Uh, yeah. I like I'm the one that makes the thunder happen. <laughs> yeah, that's on your LinkedIn tomorrow, or else we are never <laughs> ever talking again. I got a great lightning guy. I can get you a deal. <laughs> That's great. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, for people who don't know what Vulcan Video is, it is Austin's longest standing uh, video store. And it has been around for a long time. And that is not a small feat considering the fact that Blockbuster and pretty much every other video store uh, is dead. It's a, it, it, It's a nostalgic... But uh, welcomed feeling too, going through and looking at things, holding a thing yeah. in your Oh my God. We, we hold very few uh, things other than our phones in our hands. So I think it's, uh, yeah, I love the video store experience. Yeah. So thank you to Vulcan. A, a cheers to Vulcan. Yeah, cheers, cheers to Vulcan. To you, Vulcan. Sure. A, a ching of the glass. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, to give you a bit of a background, a little bit more on Vulcan Video, uh, there are two locations in Austin, Texas. There is Vulcan Video South and naturally Vulcan Video Source. South. Um, I said South twice, maybe. Mm-hmm. Vulcan Video South and Vulcan Video North. Adam, is that your cute little way to say we're opening up a second location down? So- no, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I got my wires crossed. I got it's, my yeah. wires crossed. It, what, uh, <laughs> actually, that's my lead in to talk about the Vulcan Video Civil War, which is going <laughs> to absolutely kill us. But, uh, but no. It was so. good, but they're setting up for another Vulcan Video. <laughs> it's pretty clear. I heard that new one is actually going to be two different Vulcan Videos, and there's going to be 30 employees in at least one scene. So that's pretty cool. Uh, that's it's, crazy. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to, yeah, it's going to be wild. And, uh, Josh, Sweden's gonna yeah it's he's gonna quit halfway through <laughs> it's gonna be great but so Vulcan Video is uh, it's a video store uh, both locations have over thirty thousand uh, selections which I was thinking about the other day by the way I'm one of the uh, one of the clerks there so if you ever pop in and you're like hey who's that dude wearing that idiot wearing that Boston Red Sox hat um, that's me hey look for so, a strawberry blonde wonderkind that's Adam. <laughs> yeah that's first you. Ron Howard. Then a <laughs> deep dive down to me, right? <laughs> like, um, yeah. So they, so, um, so it's 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 amazing. And I actually, first, the way that I got, the way that I really was fortunate enough to get hired there is that uh, I I went in there pretty much every weekend, right, and racked up an enormous amount of late fees. <laughs> and and so I think eventually, at some point, they were like, "Listen, here's the thing. At this point, we might as well just." We, we we might as well just hire you because this is you account for like half of half of our uh, profit. 
So this is the equivalent of you tried to do a dine and dash and you got caught. And now they're <laughs> Pretty like, much. Hey, just do us a do us a quick podcast favor, and you can yeah. enjoy yourself, but you're gonna have to yeah. work this off. They would like we would prefer if you don't, <laughs> but if you have to enjoy yourself, go for it. Um, we ta- we accept cash or podcasts. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's a new Bitcoin. So yeah, um, but uh, yeah, so it's an it's a, it really is amazing. And when you talk about Austin, Texas, you know, there's what there's the Alma Draft House, mm-hmm. there's Waterloo Records, mm-hmm. uh, and then I think honestly, you know, kind of the the arts triumvirate would be Vulcan Video. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it, and you notice all of these things that are like, oh, it's a great little taco place in Austin or whatever. These things start to fade. We must cherish them right. and, and and value them. And uh, yeah, uh, Vulcan is is worth your love. Check it out, absolutely. Um, uh, I gotta say though, uh, it, it is that that like they have something that I don't think can go out of style in the the going to the movie store experience. Yeah, yeah, it's really wonderful. Uh, and I imagine like if I had kids right now, I would I think they would be confused but excited to be like, wait, we're gonna go. We're not gonna click through anything. We're not gonna swipe in either direction. Yeah, I'm gonna go hold a physical copy to watch my son or daughter, which I don't have, go up with like <laughs> the video instead of the thing behind the video, or like just all those little things that that we remember and yeah, that they've that, never experienced. No, it's amazing. Those are those are like honestly some of the best uh, best guest experiences are whenever a family comes in, oh, right? It's gotta be because whenever you think about it, it's like it just doesn't make sense. It's co- it's totally counterintuitive to everything that we're taught to appreciate right now in life. Yeah. Right. And but then you get somebody somebody to come in and they're like. Hey, my kid uh, is looking for some some great classic children's movies, and I'm like, dude, like, let's go over here. I'm going to show you the explorers. I'm going to show you uh, the kids who haven't seen Never Ending Story or anything like you're that. You're an al- you are a, a human algorithm for uh, uh, you're like as a clerk, right? You're basically um, this man recommends so yeah. and so, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, it's amazing to see. Not, I mean, because you know, I'd say that I'm on the lower end, right, in terms of film and film knowledge. But whenever you like talk to like Brian Conley or who's one of the managers, or, or uh, you know, or um, his lovely uh, his lovely wife Kristen, like they just know everything, right? You're like, it's it's almost like you know how the Netflix basically says we are, you know. You, I noticed that you liked irreverent comedies featuring a female and a dog, right? Yeah. Like they break that. <laughs> do down. I? Yeah, I'm like I don't I think do? I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm like really. You you got that on me watching White Men Can't Jump? <laughs> okay, well I'll go with it, I guess. But, don't uh, act like that dog wasn't walking down the street <laughs> in that setup shot. I right. mean, with Rosie Perez. <laughs> with Rosie Perez. I yeah. mean, come on, you yeah. definitely clearly like this. <laughs> you clearly like that part. Um, yeah. yeah, NSA was was filming you, and you kind of chuckled a little bit. But but yeah, they're they're absolutely amazing, and the talent uh, at that the talent at the the with the company is just incredible. And uh, I mean, right now Wilson Smith, uh, I have to say this: Wilson Smith is um, one of the clerks, and. You know, he associate produced uh, It Comes at Night, which just came out. and got oh, a heard nationwide. so many good things. It's good. It's really good. Shout out to Trey Edward Schultz, by the way, who is an amazing Austin filmmaker. Um, and then Brian Conley, who I, uh, you know, just mentioned. His, uh, his I think, believe he co-wrote a uh, short that just, just won, I think it was Best Midnight Short at South by Southwest. And he's working on writing a, writing a script uh, that's about to be released with Zach Carlson, formerly of uh, the Alamo Draft House. Then there are just like, 
three other people <laughs> like the, just everybody there is just always constantly creating but um but yeah it's it's an exciting it's an exciting uh place to be passionate people is what we're talking about absolutely yeah. speaking of which um rob you have a lot of going a lot going on man talk about yourself a little bit oh folks uh so i do uh, <laughs> uh um so travis helps me uh produce a another podcast sandbox with rob gagnon uh and this podcast is uh, a recent thing that we started doing put it out on uh, on fridays it's a weekly podcast uh, kind of an, uh, an experimental audio journal so um i'll be in the green room doing different comedy shows since i do a lot of stand up and uh, experimental comedy and we'll talk to people um i'll share different uh, parts of my life and uh with everybody live clips all kinds of fun fake ads and commercials it's a lot of fun uh but the thing that i think is most enjoyable and and probably matches best with somebody that would be interested in um, a podcast like this uh, is is the experimental show on Tuesdays at 9.30. Um, that's a lot of fun, and it's a pay-what-you-want BYOB. So, again, it's just like it's it's people doing anything other than stand-up. So the same way that you have passionate people contributing um, <laughs> at night and on the weekends to the thing that they love, plus their job they're tangling in with uh, film and cinema and things that they love, uh, those are the same kinds of performers that you're going to see in the uh, the comedy world, trying things for the first time, failing, succeeding, like all kinds of um, uh, a full spectrum within each night uh, every Tuesday. Uh, so that's a really fun show, uh, fun show to do. But uh, it also just kind of reminds me of what uh, a valuable asset the city of Austin is just because we have so many people coming in and out for festivals, so many uh, talented people creating their own art. Uh, right here in the city. So uh, anybody that's running any kind of a show or podcast or anything with guests, um, you're, we're lucky to, uh, to be here uh, yeah. for sure. Yeah. And speaking of which, a uh, special shout out to Don's Depot for having us here, man. Like, Thank uh, you they, they are A touch uh, of the glass? Yes. Uh, another a touch of touch, the glass. That's the second touch. Touch of the glass. A touch of the glass. That's if I, I, really I have to make sure you guys know you have one more touch of the glass. Just, <laughs> that's just, it. Just for the night. Yeah. Oh I'm god. Sorry. Or it's, it's, it's an old foul. podcast thing. Yeah. It's a gypsy curse. Yeah. <laughs> Should I stop with the sports references? Never. Right now. Okay. Good. Never. I, I, I wasn't mean, sure. If you want to waste little, your last touch. <laughs> <laughs> ah, it was a touch. That's the sequel. A touch too much. Yeah. <laughs> <One> t- <laughs> wow. Why did Adam get let of, <laughs> let go from Vulcan videos? <laughs> uh, one touch. Too one touch too much. <laughs> that's, uh, uh, poor guy. that's the Netflix Bill Cosby uh, Bill Cosby <laughs> oh, document. Oh, no, 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 we're going back. We're no, pulling back. Adam, we're pulling back. Uh, we're going, okay, and we're back. Uh, we're back. <laughs> and, uh, I compulsively have three more jokes as <laughs> well. <laughs> <laughs> the man who brings the thunder, Travis Keldorf, everybody. <laughs> Travis, do you have anything that you want to talk about real quick, man? Oh, if I'm going to give a shout out to anything, it'd probably be. I mean, you already gave up Don's Depot. Uh, nothing else to touch. Um, <laughs> what about Drunk Cast? I got uh, nothing else to yeah, touch. I, like, you know, I guess if uh, my only. I guess my pitch would be, you know. Oh, my God. I'm, in, I'm enjoying so much doing podcasts with you guys because I like doing podcasts and I've been doing a podcast for almost five years. I'm so excited about our five year anniversary coming up in a couple of weeks of Drunk Cast Live. Um, and of course, the Sandbox podcast, and uh, I don't like talking about myself. So anyway, this, back to is, story. <laughs> this is the audio co- equivalent of a kid kicking dirt and looking <laughs> down while asking a girl out. <laughs> Thank you, Travis. Yeah, this was the Sadie Hawkins dance edition <laughs> yeah. of the Vulcan video. Uh, tell them the clerk. Uh, but so 
just to kind of give you an idea to set the stage a little bit, right, is that what is the Vulcan Video podcast going to consist of? Well, much like Vulcan Video, it's going to be whatever the hell we decide it's going to be. So sometimes we want to pay, uh, pay tribute to a classic film. Sometimes we want to go way down and dig deep into a movie that is just absolutely ridiculous, right? The rules are kind of that there's no rules. But in this instance, it's the 25th anniversary of Tim Burton's Batman Returns. So Great place to start. It is. It is. It's a wonderful place because it's such a strange film, a film that probably doesn't get made now. But let's back up a little bit. Let's set the scene. It's the summer of 1992. Future Rock and Roll Hall of Fame group Criss Cross <laughs> celebrating the first of many hits with the number one single, Jump. Michael Jordan and the first ever assembled Dream Team are preparing to destroy every other country's basketball teams on the way to fight against the Monstars in the documentary Space Jam. <laughs> the LA riots are underway and what was, the, thank God, the final incident of racial division in America. Mm-hmm. Enter Tim Burton, Michael Keaton, and a who's who of Hollywood stardom for the blockbuster film of the year, Batman Returns. Who else you got on there? You got Pfeiffer? You got Pfeiffer? You got DeVito. Danny DeVito. You have Chris Nice. You have Christopher Walken. Oh, Christopher Walken, by the way, really caught my eye. He uh, he is not his younger self, but he is he is a certain level of dashing and yes. as mm. as Max Shrek. Yeah. Max. Yeah, as Max Shrek, <laughs> who which by the way, if I'm correct, was a uh, shout out to uh, to the uh, man who played uh, it was the director of the man who played uh, Nosferatu. Oh, uh, all good guys by anyone's account. Yeah. Yes, yes. Our name, our name, Shrek. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it actually, it actually was a precursor to Mike Myers uh, in the amazing animated film Shrek. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's that's a lot. It's a that's long a lot. time coming. Well, if you start with commu- computer animation in the early '90s, it is going to take you quite a while <laughs> before you're done. We got there. So here's the synopsis: the monstrous penguin who lives in the sewers beneath Gotham, joins up with wicked, shock-headed businessman Max Shrek to topple the Batman once and for all. But when Shrek's timid assistant, Selina Kyle, finds out, and Shrek tries to kill her, she's transformed into the sexy Catwoman. She teams up with the Penguin and Shrek to destroy Batman, but sparks fly unexpectedly when she confronts the Cape Crusader. Batman Returns, coming out June 19th, 1992. June 19th, 1992. My God. That was almost 15 years ago, guys. That's insane. It's actually... <laughs> You're mad, mad, me, mad, me not so good. Yeah. <laughs> but it feels insane. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. some of the things that were, that were interesting to note of this is that the movie, uh, the original movie, it only cost $35 million for them to make the original Batman. What? And, yeah. Oh, the original Batman. Yes, that's like what they paid Jim Carrey for whatever Batman he was. Yes, what? my God. Yeah, yeah, go, yeah. Thirty. Go on. Yeah. I can't believe this. Eighty million dollars to make this movie. It made less than half of the original film. Batman Returns was a box office flop. But technically, a box office flop, which eventually led down to led us down the path of hiring Joel Schumacher to make. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> To make uh, Batman Forever. Yeah. Well, let's... 
I mean, I don't want to think about that, yeah. let alone talk about <laughs> my God. But I, I, I guess I'm just coming from the point of view as a kid. I remember, yes. you know. It was this, everywhere. Yeah, this this was a very cool and uh, unique movie. It was the first uh, dark thing that kind of yes. still got into my life at a young age. It's yeah, crazy. Well, one thing, that I, one thing I remember is... You know, the first, don't get me wrong, the first Batman is amazing, right? You know, the soundtrack's wonderful with Prince. Jack Nicholson knocks it out of the park. Michael Keaton plays this amazing, uh, kind of almost unhinged Bruce Wayne. There's a part where Vicki Vale wakes up and he's upside down sleeping like a bat. And you're like, yeah. So, so it was like, he's almost so hinged, he's unhinged in a way. Like he's got his, <laughs> his own thing going. And yes. it's such a, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, but this one, Definitively, when you watch it, you're like, "Oh, is that? Is that a? Is that the uh, scene? scene. Is that the scene where the Joker walks in? Party Man, I believe. Hold on, just let it play for a little bit. It's a Prince break, guys. It's a Prince break. Taking a Prince break under the purple rain right now, (laughs) as it were. There's a segment for you. Just always have a Prince break. Let's not touch our glasses on this one, fellas. No touching. Let's let Prince do it. How do you think Prince felt about being involved in this whole thing? He demanded it, I thought. Really? Yeah. No, he he? Want, he, yeah. No, is, no, he, is he a big Batman? Absolutely. Well, I don't know if he actually liked Batman as much as he wanted to be part of it. I mean, like, it was. I have to look it up a little bit farther because I'm not actually on this show. Goodbye. Yeah. No. Oh, <laughs> I believe the soundtrack, like, originally, the original Batman soundtrack is pretty much just like Prince, it's right? Only Prince. Yeah. 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 Whereas Danny Elfman really jumped in with the set, with, you know, with, with the second one. And then did he take like a million year break from music after? Yes. <laughs> like, what is what? That, the Batman soundtrack was essentially him dropping the mic, and he was like, "Look, <laughs> you have a choice. You can either stare at my <laughs> stare at my ass in these in these in these pants. It's like a red pill, blue pill situation. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a white pill that Prince would do forever until he died, kind of a situation. <laughs> like as soon as his this soundtrack comes out, then they make the pill that he likes and his doctor, and he just. Hole up in Minnesota for the rest of eternity. Can, can we agree? I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, Jim Carrey made seven million dollars for Batman Forever. That is a deal. He must have wanted to be involved. Yeah, it was like. before. So the mask was the Dumb and Dumber and Batman Forever for 94 and 95, respectively. Seven million piece. The one before that was the mask. 1994, he made five hundred and forty thousand dollars. Okay, that so, was be, that was the that was the yeah, summer yeah. of of Jim Carrey. Whenever he did Ace Ventura, right? Or was uh, that the year before? Uh, that was, yeah, the same thing. 350 for Ace Ventura, Pet, uh, Pet Detective was the first one. That was a good year for him. And then 540, yeah. and then the next year was 7 million, 7 million. And then the second Ace Ventura was 15 million. Cable Guy was 20. And then um, <laughs> and then we remember the rest, right, guys? That was 25 million for <laughs> wow. Bruce Amati. Okay, this is not a... This is yeah. not a we can talk about Jim Carrey in another show, right? We're getting we a little... will, folks, because <laughs> we'll do whatever we want. <laughs> we absolutely exactly. will. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we, we, we can, because guess what? This is free to a degree. So, um, so uh, yeah, it's, it, I, I kind of want to go back and talk a little bit about the aesthetic of this, of, uh, aesthetic choice of this film, because Batman, the original Batman, which I believe came out in 1989, which was amazing. Everybody loved Batman. I remember having Batman playing cards. I had a little car. Yeah. I, yeah, I had some trade. Yeah, some of those trade trading cards. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I remember drawing. It was so funny. I remember used to, I would just draw Batman everywhere but i was just such a bad artist and i remember my art teacher saying adam and at the time i thought that it, it, i thought the time i <laughs> that is not prince by the way if you're hearing that um <laughs> but uh at, at the time 
I remember my art teacher <laughs> kind of giving me an underhanded compliment saying, you know, Adam, if I saw your Batman, I could be able to pick it out of a million other Batmans anywhere that I saw it. And I was like, oh, I'm talented. When she really was just like, you're the worst. And you, got a, you got a particularly <laughs> fucked up Batman. <laughs> right. yeah. just, she's like, yeah, you should, you should stop. You should yeah. figure out how to do anything but this. I know he's standing still, but this Batman has a particular gait that I could pick out <laughs> from across the street, whether he had the suit on or not. I, <laughs> this is not a good she, Batman. Maybe she just happened to be like a Sherlock Holmes character who only knows about Batman stuff. Might be. You know, <laughs> yeah, she just didn't yeah. give it. She didn't want to like, you know, it was, a, it was a long lead in. She was very intuitive. She was, yeah, mm. she was, a, she ended up actually being like uh, the understudy to Benedict Cumberbatch. Sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Good for her. It fits. It fits. Yeah. But so what you do y'all remember? You don't hear that story anymore in Hollywood. Uh, <laughs> no. Mm. So, so what stood out to y'all whenever, you know, I mean, it's been a while, uh, it seems like for, you know, for us to, to watch, um, to have seen this movie. What are some of the things that stood out to you, like particularly whenever it comes to the look of the movie? Well, I, I, that's the first place I was going to go because uh, when you mentioned how much or how little it made, that yeah. really surprised me. But when I think about um, uh, comic book movie viewers and and everything at that time, uh, to kind of cut out a certain level of kid in a way with like the terrible black bloody penguin teeth and and like all kinds of like falling from i don't know seven eight stories through yes. like scary clowns like it kind of adds up even just the aesthetic of like a, a dreary winter yes um can if you're a kid that grew up in california or something like what is this this yeah. is maybe it intrigues you but i would guess most kids at a certain age are just not ready for something like that that had to contribute to the lack of well, success, and I, right? And I think that you're right because Mac, specifically McDonald's was one of the companies that was supposed to be partnering up for for uh, Batman Returns. And they, after seeing the script and also, you know, seeing the film itself, were pissed because they were yeah. like, what do we do with this? Right? Yeah. Like, we can work with the Batmobile, but Robin was supposed to be in it and they took, you know, they took it out. Who Marlon Wayans was supposed to be in the movie as a, as, as a Robin. Marlon Wayans. Marlon Wayans was supposed to be Robin. True story. This was before uh, they were putting black people and white people roles and women and, yes. and like this was before, uh, yeah. before people were gave a shit about that. I can't believe they they uh, they were open to that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's very surprising. That's amazing. Yeah. Imagine I. Let's just imagine a world where they did that casting. Mm -hmm. It was a huge hit, and Hollywood decides we need more young um, African American people in mainstream movies. What acting and cinema and everything would look like? I, That's very different. I, I would like to believe that Hollywood would have been smart enough to do that right after that, but I, but I still think that they probably would have been like, no, let's go with Chris O'Donnell. Oh my God, Chris O'Donnell. I mean, of of all, well, you know how kids love Chris O'Donnell and Officer oh. and the Gentleman. Who run all that? <laughs> what, a, what an odd. Whereas Marlon Wayans, he's on Mad TV. He's making uh, all kinds of movies with all of his family members, right. and it's yes. going pretty well. Yeah. Wow. Well, they had the Wayans Brothers show. He did really well in Requiem for a Dream. I thought like an amazing performance so, from him, right? Well, and speaking about progressive things, I'm just looking this up. I yes. completely forgot that Billy Dee Williams was supposed to be Harvey Dent, who was supposed to be Two Face in That's the first it. place, and then yeah. wound up being Tommy Lee Jones in the subsequent sequels. That's right. So, Speak, so that goes back to your point, right? 
right? Well, is well that but that Hollywood was willing at that point. To, I mean, like, and we can talk about that if you guys want to get serious about it. But like, yeah, we can get serious. Billy for a D. Williams was like, "Hey, um, Harvey Dent, like the closest they can get to being like a good guy who will be a bad guy, which is generally speaking, it's like British people, Russians, black people." British people again, right? Um, always bad guys, and so for but never a black Brit, never, oh, never no. a black Brit. No, 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 the no. audience could never handle a black Brit, mm-mm, mm-mm, not as a villain. Uh, go on, Don Cheadle. Um, no, <laughs> um, but the, the, the thinking about that, like forgetting that person, and then knowing that a Wayne's Brothers was that close, like yeah, right. people weren't ready for it. They probably said, yeah, I mean, and, and, and they uh, probably yeah. were. And fla- yeah, flash forward to. Uh, to 2017 whenever we're finally going to get a Black Panther movie, right? Mm-hmm. And people are still up in arms. Some people uh, are still up in arms over that, you know? That we're getting a Black Panther movie? Yeah. Because well, oh, yeah, yeah. the title is Black Panther and they associate that with the uh, uh, Black Panthers. of. Well, and also because there are typically some ignorant people in the world that don't oh, want to see... Oh, you're talking about flat-out racism. Yes. Uh, can't yeah. believe I forgot about it for a moment, but yes, yeah, flat-out racism. It's yeah, easy to forget sometimes whenever good. we're in Austin, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, because yeah, it's yeah. a... Progr- I mean, especially, in, right, in Texas. Yeah. Like, yeah it's, a, yeah, it's a progressive city, so... We have uh, a nice uh, opaque rainbow bubble around the city. Yeah, it's a yeah. good thing. It does look like Marlon Wayans gets residuals for not playing the character, though. Yes. Seriously. He was, mm. Yeah, he, wow. was, he was fitted for the, uh, for the costume and everything. I wonder what that costume looked like. I I wish I knew. Uh. Um, but so, Michael Keaton, this was his last performance as Batman. And he was not a big fan of uh, doing sequels to begin with. At and all. this was like a, a rare thing that he would do a sequel. Yeah. Uh, I remember when Birdman came out, he was talking about that whole process. I wonder if it had made more money or was a bigger success if he would have felt differently about sequels, maybe. You know, that's a good, I think that's a good question. I think that he came to... I think they offered him the third. Um, or no, they, they transitioned, but I believe he was just like, I'm done. Like, yeah. I will not play Batman again. And I, and, and I believe he had a, had a pretty strong bond with Tim Burton. Yeah. Understandably, because whenever you watch this... I mean, even compared to... I mean, because who would you say is the... In your, in your opinion, and I think that everybody has different, different takes on this, but who would you say is your favorite, uh, favorite uh, actor who did a take on Batman. Now, see, personally, I, I I think if I were four years older when I saw this one, yeah. this would be my favorite uh, iteration of Batman. Yeah. Gotta go Clooney. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, but you, uh, for me, just the Christopher Nolan reimagining, especially um, uh, the first of those three, it was... Um, it was it was very similar in terms of... Uh, going a little darker than you expected, just like how I imagine this one probably played out, but with very different results. Yeah. Um, oh, well, what's uh, is this your Batman? You know, for a while, I was very like gung ho Christian Bale Batman. Like I, I just I, I loved Christian Bale, and I don't know what it is, but maybe there's something about like The Dark Knight Rises that really kind of like turned me. Oh, away, like away, and now I'm really starting to appreciate Keaton's Keaton's performance. I, I think also. We have to remember we're talking about two different questions. One might be which Batman movie do you like best? And the other might be which performance do you like yes. best outside of everything else? Yeah. And Michael Keaton kind of had a, this stoic um, quality to him. And not to say that Christian Bale is like overacting or whatever, but you kind of 
Uh, he's just known, it. and and after the whole Terminator thing where he yelled at somebody on set or whatever, right. like you just kind of start to think of so many other things when you see Christian Bale playing Batman. Maybe especially, maybe not in the first um, uh, first of those three, just because which which Batman was that? So I keep stop saying first of those three. Batman Begins. Batman Begins. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, because it was so unique. Uh, but then as like the second one and the third one came through. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just have a hard time looking at Christian Bale and not going, "Look at Christian Bale go!" Yeah. <laughs> Whereas like Michael <laughs> Keaton, Michael Keaton's kind of like, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's less over the head. You know, this may, this may be not a not a good comparison, uh, but I think that Michael Keaton he has this certain. Um, Res- like reserve, like reservation or restraint. This is more in, in the way that Michael Shannon kind of does, right? Like, I, like, okay. I, like I think that Michael Shannon or Michael Keaton, if he came in here, he wouldn't be the guy that would walk around like Christian Bell. That's like you know, like that, that would just like yell at everything and just like be chewing on the you know on the on the on the chairs, going like you know, swear to chewing me, on the chewing on the chairs. I yeah. think he would do that, right? But but like Michael Shannon or Michael Keaton, I think could come in here and he would be the person in the corner. That would get the attention just by sitting there. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, and and you just be like, I don't want to mess with that guy. Yeah, uh, this this man doesn't want to be noticed, and it's not like a, a it's not a put on. Right. He's afraid of what he might do. Right. Yeah, yeah. They're very much afraid of what they might do. Kinds of guys. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I like that. I think that I think you're right. I think the less is more kind of attitude. It's it's worth noting that uh, looked it up and that. The Michael Keaton only agreed to uh, Tim Burton and Michael Keaton both were not signed on for a sequel after the first the first film, the success, you know, which was huge. Like Batman, oh, yeah. I mean, like probably if you pick like a top five comic book films in terms of like the pandemonium, it was like yeah. Star Wars at that time, right? Well, what what was before? What are what was like the big uh, um, superhero movie before that? It, I mean, Batman. that was it, I mean, right? That, what, this was kind of a new flavor in a way, right? Big time, yeah, big time. I mean, I remember seeing like really bad Spider-Man movies that weren't, they were. I mean, they weren't like made for you know, like they didn't go to and get a theatrical release. But and but this was. I mean, this was the one that set the bar, yeah. right? It like, wasn't somebody. So, well, there was Superman, obviously, of course. I take that back. Superman, okay. like we can't forget Chris Reed. God, I guess I just so forget that Superman is something to be astonished by because Superman seems so impervious to all. You know, that's things. like the running argument, right? Which I kind of it, understand is that it's yeah. just like he can't be hurt by anything. Well, for me, for me, it, it's less about like here's an argument why one thing is good or bad or whatever. It's more just like here's why I don't give a shit right. about this particular Superman or or whatever. Yeah. Um, and yeah, yeah, huh? You know, that's interesting it, it, that they're doing. Uh, you know, it's it's like a, a new superhero kind of a thing. Yeah. Here's Batman. He's a little darker, and then they probably go a little darker than, like you're saying, McDonald's is mad. Uh, they probably go a little darker than they should, and that's probably why you get the bubble gum of the next ones. Right, exactly. You go it's the false darkness. Yeah, you go the opposite route, right? The pendulum never swings too far one way to the right or left. I think it's easy to forget about Superman also because Superman two, I think, came out in 1982, and then there was like Superman three, which was critically panned. You had Richard Pryor who showed up, which is another example of they're like, look, too dark. We got to go with comedy. Because yeah. this is the big thing, and then 
by Superman four, they were like, "Look, and we're there's done." No, there's no darker. Not, this is not a skin color joke, but there's no darker comedian Big at the time. time than Richard Pryor. No. Like, let's lighten <laughs> this up, right? You, yeah. Oh, yeah I mean, God. once again, showing that like people who sometimes people who greenlight films probably don't do their homework. You oh, know? Don't do their homework, and and like I just I, I think it's operating out of fear. And and just trying to throw smash together as many uh, an amalgam of successful things and, right. and hoping it sticks or whatever. But man, does that not work? Yeah, what a mess. They still do that stuff. Yeah, it happens all the time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, another another important note of this about this movie is just that we can appreciate are the iconic performances. Right? Is like I've never seen another performance uh, like by Danny DeVito. Then his his turn is the penguin. Yeah, um, it's incredible. And and I was watching uh, Michelle Pfeiffer today, and she's transforming and spray, you know spraying and cutting up uh, old stuff to make this uh, new Catwoman outfit. And just before that, she's kind of a lowly yeah. uh, secretary kind of a thing. I've never had a deep appreciation for her because I was too young to see her good roles at the time for what they were. And boy, yeah, she's she's doing fantastic work. Devito, of course, Keaton understated, which is great next to those two because they're so big. Uh, yeah, it was it was quite impressive. And even even Christopher Walken, um, as uh, it, just have like his whole look with the high hair and everything. Yeah, it kind of helps Batman to lay in the the shadows a bit easier. You're absolutely you're absolutely right. Um, and. Uh, one of uh, one of our uh, Twitter followers and uh, a regular customer, Lucas Mangum. Uh, shout out to him. Uh, he actually made a comment whenever we uh, on on Twitter, uh, which by the way you can follow us at uh, Vulcan Video ATX, uh, and feel free and uh, get the conversation going anytime that you want. We always, uh, I mean, seriously, people will just go into the store, uh, tweet us a photo of the movies that they that they chose, and we'll just talk about it right so it's like that's one thing another reason that i love vulcan videos just like the conversation never stops because the because the guests appreciate film we appreciate film and uh it's it's just awesome but so lucas what he was the uh to your point the uh the thing he wanted us to talk about was the fact that he looks at batman returns as really a gothic horror that the central characters are the penguin and Catwoman and Batman is just a supporting character. It's not really a Batman movie. Yeah, Batman's like the spine of the book almost. Yeah, right. uh, I, 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 and you and you see that after characters pass, like with the penguins, kind of laying him to rest, and and that shot of when he first falls down, yeah. and you kind of think of this as it's almost like a little boy right. that's grown into this monster. Yeah. Um, Boy, this is sad. I don't want to touch glasses anymore, fellas. <laughs> no more glass this is touches. Too sad. <laughs> this is very sad. But the movie starts. I mean, the movie starts with. Uh, by the way, shout out to Paul Rubens who played uh, Oswald Cobblepot. Yeah, played uh, his father. Yeah, right. And in Gotham too. It was like a, uh, uh, a preview yeah, of, in Gotham. Of, of Thirty Rock. His appearance as that yeah. crazy king. Uh, I I I I thought the cat. I mean, the casting is absolutely perfect i wouldn't put anybody in any other position i don't think right right yeah i mean who uh, i i believe the Bur actually a uh, little fact i believe burgess meredith who a lot of people know is the original penguin 
from the Batman TV series was mm-hmm. supposed to play mm-hmm. the Penguin's father, but Dick he was Cheney's too grandfather. Sick. Yes, yes, that's right. That's right. He mm-hmm. was, and, uh, and he, but he was too sick, so he wasn't able to. But the film opens with the story of a young boy, right, Oswald Cobblepot, who's an orphan, which in a way kind of mirrors Bruce Wayne, you know, as a young child having that kind of uh, like the you know like disassociation from his parents. Right. So in, in many ways, I, I just don't think it's a Batman movie, which might have been unsettling to a lot of people in spite of the fact. I mean, you, you add in the fact that, like you said, there are people like killing their secretaries. Right. Like people are getting electrocuted, like with tasers, you know, and uh, uh, Danny DeVito's uh, has like a bunch of like this like bloody mucus coming out oh. of his mouth, which is really disturbing and startling. I mean, for a blockbuster movie. Right. Um, Especially one that hopes to sneak some kids in as not even sneak them in. My God, I mean, this how, was a kid, how this, could they think that this would not be a nightmare situation in a bad way for children? Right. Like, there's there's nothing about. I mean, kids don't like fish, and he's eating a raw fish with them <laughs> bleeding out of his mouth. Yeah, <laughs> and like they like cats. Yeah, and this is a, a cat problem. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't yeah. know. What's also interesting is that. Uh, in spite of how dark and I mean really kind of pessimistic this movie is, it's the only one of uh, <laughs> it's the only one of the four films uh, amongst the you know amongst the original Batman films that don't include a reference to the murder of Bruce Wayne's parents. Oh wow! I guess because I've seen that in the future, right. uh, So many times I'm thinking of that. Which I mean, it's th- a good th- point. Thank goodness, because it just seems like every... I mean, also with Spider-Man, they do that, right? But We're every about this, yes. single movie, the, like, adaptation, they have to spend 45 minutes to be like, hey, did, is there... In case there's a person who apparently is on, like, some island... Yeah. Like, we really got to go into this. Right. Yeah. I, I, I feel like uh, the first time you do one of those, that's great. The rest of the times, it's uh, not so hot. Yeah. Yeah. But so... I, so, I mean, I, I just applaud the commitment of this film and also the fact that Tim Burton kind of stuck to his guns. I mean, it ultimately ended up being his, his unraveling. Uh, but uh, Danny DeVito... It's a lot to say for Tim Burton, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, yeah, but we, I mean, we kind of saw... I mean, this was, you know... When you look at this movie, it's like, this fits with Edward Scissorhands. This fits yeah. with, you know, um, Nightmare Before Christmas. Like, yeah. it kind of almost was a little bit of a precursor, I think, to that production. Um, I know he only produced it, but... But at the same time, you know... It's got Tim, Tim Burton on it. Yeah, you know a Tim Burton movie when you see it, right? Yeah. Um, you feel it. Yeah, big, yeah. Ti- big time. And, uh, and uh, yeah, the atmosphere of it is incredible. Um, let's talk about Michelle Pfeiffer a little bit and this role because I, it's unlike any Michelle Pfeiffer performance, right? Because like, what, what are some of her other big roles that we can, that we can think of? Because I, I can't think... Uh, I, I, she, did, I, she did Fabulous Baker Boys. Which was Fabulous really Baker Boys. Which was really popular. Because it seems like uh, she is servicing movies more often than she's um, owning them. Oh, and not not because of her abilities, but just because that's where Hollywood will put you or whatever. Right, right. But she was so so yes, supporting many times supporting actress. Right, Grease two. She was in uh, Scarface. Um, let's go back a little bit before this film. Yeah. Dangerous Liaisons. She uh, got nominated for Academy Award for Married to the Mob, which is a V-Swick. But, but to your point, not really quite known. Letting her as, loose. Yes. Just let her fly. Right. Yeah. Wasn't the original choice. The original choice was Annette, Annette Benny. 
Benning? Really? Annette Benning. Huh. Which would have been like a very odd turn. I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know that That's I can imagine though. a Batman Returns movie with Annette Benning. Isn't, uh, now, didn't What's-Her-Face... thought that? the same thing about Anne Hathaway, though. This is true. Who's that and lady? She did fine. Who's the lady that Sean something that went kind of crazy trying to get this role? Uh, she was prote- on Letterman pretending to be Catwoman. Sean Young. Sean Young. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Sean Young. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, uh, she wanted it, but even that would make more sense to me than Annette Bening because she has that crazy edge to her that I can see more so than Annette Bening. Yeah. Well, yeah. These, these are both basically from the. This is from the the uh, the overtures. It's for, just, for Catwoman specifically, it's a lot of screeching. It's a lot of like lar- yes. large violins fighting each other. Right. Uh, right. Annette, does not sound like Annette Bening to me at all. <laughs> no. No. Yeah. No. It's not. I mean, like, Annette Benny didn't have that turn until a lot later whenever she played in, uh, like, American Beauty, right? Whenever she played very much a villain in that movie. But but you're right. Like, if you listen to Danny Elfman's score, like, almost sounds like the, the scratching on the, you know, like, nails uh, against, like, a, a glass, right? Like, uh, those strings, like, heavy strings, like you said. Like, Danny Elfman, I mean, he's a magician. Like, he's just incredible and the perfect person for this, for this movie, I think, right? Music is... So in any movie, uh, any piece of film, it's it's uh, such an emotional compass. Uh, and so for something like this, when you put the, the, this music and the visuals that Tim Burton's giving you, it's very effective as a dark, scary, depressing-ish kind of music movie, yeah. no matter how comic-ish it might seem at times. Again far too effective in what they do to make this uh, a mainstream hit. I just assumed that it wasn't a flop. I, I, I'm still a take, a take it aback, Adam. I still, yeah. <laughs> this yeah, will, this will not fade. It's, I mean, it, it's, it, it certainly seems like a movie in hindsight, because I remember going to see it the, the weekend that it came out in Houston and being super excited. But at that time, I think when you're little, you don't really grasp like what's a hit and what isn't. Yeah. You know, there's just things that you want to see, and that's it, right? Um, but yeah, so a couple of other people that were considered for the role, uh, and uh, Travis and Rob, let's get your opinions on, not necessarily if they would have been better than Michelle Pfeiffer, um, just because, like, I don't want to do any comparison between actresses because, like, they all are talented and they can stand sure. on their own. But uh, could you see this person as Selena Kyle uh, and Catwoman? Uh, yes. Susan Sarandon. Yes, I could. That one I could. Yeah, I could agree with that. Yeah. No, I could see that. Mm-hmm. I, I still think Michelle Pfeiffer would be better, but if I had never seen a Michelle Pfeiffer rendition of it, I might have picked Susan Sarandon. Oh, can I take a guess? Yeah, of course. Sigourney Weaver. No, not considered. Oh, oh interesting. That would have been, I think she could have done that. Not considered. Um, Demi Moore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I, no, no, I think. I, I could I could see that. I guess I'm just picturing everyone being sexy and licking their leather hands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, and I guess I can picture a lot of people being sexy and licking their leather. <laughs> Maybe the power by imagination is throwing this question. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I think of Demi Moore for from GI Jane. Yeah. That's, that's, I'm always solidified in that. So I can't think of anything else that she's been in that would allow it to not be. Like, because the Catwoman character yeah. has to be whimsical because it's a stupid idea, and like, <laughs> like and as right. a ba- as a Batman fan, like I recognize that Batman Batman villains only work if you recognize that they're all parts of his dementia. Sure, you know, they have to all be parts of the thing that's screwed him up in, the, in any kind of metaphor. So, yeah. but if you put them by themselves, 
like half of them are a, a, basically a different version of the Joker, and the yeah. rest of them are impossible or stupid. But yeah. you got you got you got to know and love them to, enough to do it. So it's I will, like, I will say that, she's too she's too hard laced for a Catwoman. But I feel like she's also I I feel like like Catwoman, especially in this movie, yeah. is like you know, and I say this as you know like straight white male, so take it for what it's worth. But <laughs> I think it's a great like feminist character, right? It's this woman who yeah. at the very beginning mm-hmm. is completely like has no power whatsoever right mm-hmm. no one respects her she talks all the time which which unfortunately this you know is the go-to for hollywood scripts right to What's determine wrong with the this worth. woman she has right. opinions she, and she has opinions yeah. and she lives by herself oh she can't get a date right as if that means anything whatsoever look at right. her hair she's crazy. wearing glasses she's yeah. like a crazy cat lady well literally way to see where we're going with this yeah right right and so but by the i mean you know by the time that you get at the end of the movie you know, she based, I mean, she literally would rather see, I mean, she is the definition of power, right? She yeah. pretty much runs the show in every part, like every character's life, right? Batman is all about her. Bruce Wayne loves her. The Penguin can't get enough of her, right? Like, is bowing to her every whim. Even Max Shrek, like, ends up dying at her very hands. You know, the last shot that you see of her, or of the movie, is her like looking up at the bat signal, right? Basically being like, and, and so I mean, like in every like in every aspect of the film, this is like Michelle Pfeiffer's film. This yeah. is Selena Kyle's film, mm. I think. Mm. Um, Especially because we've seen the Batman before, and so this isn't his first go round. Mm-hmm. You start to get into that rogues gallery, and uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, one more, uh, Nicole Kidman. Who, by the way, ended yeah, up actually being in Batman Forever. Yeah, okay. Because for a second, in my head, I went, "Wait a second. All I, you said Nicole Kidman. All I could picture was Michelle Pfeiffer. I couldn't mm-hmm. see Nicole Kidman's mm-hmm. face. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, now <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer is uh, she dominated uh, uh, my brain cells for a moment there. But yeah, Nicole Kidman. I don't know. I don't see her as uh, capable of. Uh, um, physically personifying that role like Michelle Pfeiffer did. Um, and it's not for any, uh, in terms of any sexuality sure. or anything, it's just her, uh, yeah, Michelle Pfeiffer just did a, oh, such a good job slinking around. Uh, yeah. But none of them are anywhere near as mismatched as Annette Bening. <laughs> I, I, I would agree with that. I, yeah. I would totally agree with that. Uh, it's worth noting that <laughs> the Dustin Hoffman, Marlon Brando, John Candy, Bob Hoskins, Dean Martin, and Christopher Lloyd were all considered for the role of the Penguin. Dustin Hoffman. Okay, I thought you were going to say Batman. Uh, I was going to say Dustin Hoffman. No way. <laughs> but you said, hold on, Dustin Hoffman as a Penguin. I guess I could see that. Marlon Brando. No. John Candy. No. <laughs> Bob Hoskins. You'd have to ask a lot. Maybe Bob. Maybe Bob Hoskins. Yeah. 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 Definitely Bob Hoskins. Dean Martin. <laughs> like what? No. Uh, and Christopher Lloyd. Maybe Christopher Lloyd. He's just the stature. He's probably a little too tall for that role. But Danny's the clear pick. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's unfair because we we saw it carried out, but Danny's the clear pick in that one. One thing I noted also is like. This movie, when you go back and watch it, is incredible. It has like incredibly perverted moments, like big time. Like there's a part where there's a part where uh, like um, 
specifically with respect to the penguin, right? Because the penguin's like, you know, like Max Shrek's like introducing him to like an intern or something like that. And the penguin's like, ah, I want to show him my French flipper trick. Now I remember being like, whoa, easy, easy there, Oswald. <laughs> like, I mean, no other politician's going to act like that ever. So, yeah. And, oh, don't worry. He'll calm it down. He's biting somebody's nose off. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. He bites someone's nose off. He, he definitely like sexually harasses um, uh, Catwoman many times. Yeah. Right. Um, but uh, but but yeah. It, but it's it's such a good oh turn. I like to fill her voice. There it is. Signatures that yeah. return the ballot. I can supply those Osborne. Teach you my French flipper trick. Like, was that? Was that? Do you think that was in the script? I don't think Danny came to set with that. Uh, <laughs> I think, but I, I, the thing that bothers me the most is not any of the words or him wiggling it around his hand. It's the breathing in between all the words. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, you lousy yeah. minx! Yeah, that's yeah. the worst part of the whole thing. Yeah, and he, I, I think a lot of people know this, but it's, but I want, I want to bring it up is that he created that, uh, that kind of mucus that was in his mouth, like that black you know bile uh he had a it was mouthwash and then like green and red food coloring like danny devito was the one that was like i want to do this because i think that it's going to add to the character absolutely it did i mean it's terrifying that's all i remember really from this movie as a kid it's like that that and the penguin's taking away those are the two things that i remember very vividly well uh, the the exploding microwave bit Yes. Yeah, yeah, but the black teeth. The, but don't the black worry, teeth. Eddie. He just had a glass of wine. It's not the baby. <laughs> go to bed. No, all I can see is the penguins. It was licorice teeth. It was so. I mean, yeah. I I remember. You know, like Catwoman didn't really like. In, I mean, I won't say she didn't intimidate me, but like I wasn't scared by her. Right. Like I knew she was a threat. But the penguin, there was just something like I don't know if I want to say it's visceral, but there, it was like nightmare fuel. I feel like the uh, Catwoman, uh, she was going through something. Something was almost being done to her in a way, whereas the Penguin was trying to do something to you from the core of who he's always been. Right. uh, Which is a lot scarier. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Well, and also, uh, also it's like he, I mean, really, he's, he's kind of like, like, the if you you know the 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 carnival or like the the freak show yeah. like everything about him is just very strange right it's like hey look at the amazing fish boy right because you see his hands and like Danny DeVito but I mean and I don't mean this is any disrespect but Danny DeVito is just kind of a an interesting person to look at anyways sure. right very so it's Dr. like Dr. Robotnik like yeah. right <laughs> oh he's totally Dr. Robotnik <laughs> killer ref man killer ref that Thanks, was it bro. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, we did. That's yeah. So it's like they. I mean, you you look at that, and it, there, there's just something like it just doesn't look right about him, right? Like he, like when you look at Michael Keaton, like especially when he gets in the suit, you know, yeah. and he's like turning, like you know, giving these like very like hard turns because it, which happened because he didn't have the net, right? Like they couldn't work on turn the, the, on the yeah. cowl thing. He yeah. couldn't turn the cowl. When he pulls his mask off at the end, and it's just the bottom part, it was like. Really uh, weird, it's right? Jarring. Yeah, yeah. yeah jarring. When, he, when he says like we're all wearing masks and basically rips it off, like they, it was very, it was very, yeah. It was all of it was just such a strange film, right? But when you look at like Catwoman, I'm like, okay, that's a comic book character, right? Like I, yeah. I, I could see that in like any type of like detective comics, or supernatural. Whatever. It's right. very supernatural. Yes, yes, absolutely. 
and and but very polished, you know, like everything works. But even but when you see like Danny DeVito as the penguin, like that's not who I ever imagined, you know. And he's also walking around like in his pajamas all the time for some reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just the the. Uh he looks like he's going to take a crap outside because they have no bathroom inside. Right. He's got a yeah, this is base outfit. I, I don't trust him. No. At all. <laughs> no. Uh, whereas like Catwoman is more like um, a kid without a babysitter. And, uh, she knows not what she does. Right. Uh, poor Catwoman. Right. Yeah. DeVito. Boy, I don't know. I don't, Man. It was a good it at all. It was a, it was a really it was a really good Which turn. is why he's perfect and why that yeah. that role is spot on for him. And and uh you know, they didn't do a, a penguin in the Nolan movies uh no. cuz they kind of got it as right as you could get it you, probably here. Yeah. You know what always surprised me is that they never is a Johnny Depp never was in a Batman movie. Like That's I just I always thought he was going to be feel, a Batman. I feel like movie. the same with uh, Crispin Glover. I thought Crispin Glover would have played like a good penguin. I think he'd be or a, the Riddler. I think he'd be a great Riddler in the Nolan universe if he was a. And forgive me for saying this, but I think it would really work in the darkness of it, like a, as an autistic Riddler. Okay, sure. It would, yeah. all, one of the only ways you can make a somebody work. that can't help but riddle. Yep. and doesn't yep. even know they're doing right because it. it's goofy otherwise. Yeah. it's like a person who literally has this mental block and is like has to, has to, has to, has to, and then yeah. that would work because in like anything to make a riddle. Yeah, yes. um, you can't bring the penguin in because the penguin's kind of goofy. Yeah. Like the, the the Gotham TV show is probably the best version of the penguin that we can have in that kind of universe because it's like he's just a normal guy who's got a fucked up face and hobbles because he got his legs broken. Yeah, if you haven't right. watched it, watch and it. you and and society has put this upon him. Mm-hmm. Uh, not it's not from, coming from his core. Yeah, there, yeah. Were, there were rumors uh, after the success of the Dark Knight that. Philip Seymour Hoffman was going to play the Penguin. Oh, okay. I, I, I could get down on that, actually. I could yeah. see that. Mm-hmm. I would have been totally okay with that. Uh, there, it was uh, The rumors were that one of the three uh, three characters from the Rogue Gallery, Angelina Jolie, was rumored to play the Catwoman. Um, Philip Seymour Hoffman was rumored to, to play uh, the aforementioned Penguin. Mm-hmm. And to your point, Crispin Glover uh, was getting a lot, of, uh, a lot of mention, I believe, to play the Riddler. Now, I could have seen... Or Johnny Depp. I could see Johnny Depp uh, playing Scarecrow instead of. Oh yeah. Um, was it? What was his name? Murphy there. Silly Murphy. Silly Murphy. Yeah. Uh, and I liked him, and I like his role. But if you're plugging him in somewhere, uh, I think that's a villain that matches Johnny Depp. Who else could match Johnny Depp uh, as far as villains go? It's tough when you get into that Batman world because it's so physically. Well, before um, the Alice in Wonderlands, he could have played the Manhattan. Sure. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah, that's, yeah. that's an interesting character, and uh, he might be a little bit more different. Kind of ended up, which is weird, because he did play the Mad Hatter in Tim Burton's Alice in Wonderland. Tim Burton. Yeah. 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 Perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Well, well, I wouldn't say perfect. Well, but it happened. I, I just said Tim Burton. I didn't say perfect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I said perfect. Yeah. Speaking uh, of Tim, Tim Burton, another person, another person that I was not surprised uh, what didn't grab the role uh, at the time was uh, I could see Helena Bonham Carter playing a good Catwoman. I think that. Uh, I mean. I know, I know, I know. She's been totally like in every single thing that Tim Burton's ever done. But I could see that she's got a Nicole Kidman, Kidman, Michelle Pfeiffer shaped head. It's that's that's fits, the only way to choose. Fits right in there. <laughs> I guess with that head, and that head. Catwoman yeah. mask. A match. Well, I don't, I don't groan because of the fatigue. I groan just because I feel like she just take it to another level. And it's like another level is like too much. I like the Catwoman. That's like no, I got, I got a thing going on. Like I, I just like the. Like the super strong feminist thing, and not the like 
Ooh, you know, Manic like, picks aren't yeah. I wacky? Yeah. 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 Yeah, 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 exactly. Like, yeah, kind of cackling. And also, you it's yeah. important to note that you need somebody with how, with how outlandish and over the top Danny DeVito is. You need somebody who has this kind of like, like quiet confidence, right? Quiet and direct confidence. Yeah. yeah. S- yeah. A snarl about her. Yeah. A, a, a sexy snarl instead of a big time, a fish mouth snarl. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. For, Catwoman, I always wanted Shannon Sossaman. If you don't know who that is, okay. yes, because she's just she's just got the look. There's a sharp Shannon, sharpness. You're talking here. about in, a, in one of the newer movies or back in the in the newer in the newer ones. In the the newer one. She was yeah. in a Knight's Tale, Rules of Attraction, mm-hmm. so, uh, 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 Risk Cutters, uh, Risk so Cutters, which is probably the best one. Yeah, she's in uh, Forty Days, Forty Nights, I believe. Right? But actually, I think I rented Risk Cutters from Vulcan Video. Hey yo, hey yo. Now they're doing another Batman through Ben Affleck and somebody mm-hmm. else. Uh, uh, who's directing? Is that Matthew Reeves, I believe, okay. who uh, just did uh, War for the Plenty of the Apes, which we're hearing great things about. Yes, yes. which I cannot wait to see. Um, looks absolutely incredible. Um, but yeah, Ben Affleck decided to step down from the directorial reins. Uh, Nothing wrong with that, Ben. No, I mean Nothing that's that. that's fine, and he's going to focus on the character character himself. Uh, which is cool because I didn't I didn't have a problem with Ben Affleck in Batman vs Superman. I thought it was great. Yeah. Um, but I like that. I like the big dark. I like big dark Batman. You know? Yeah. Keaton's great. I like the Bruce Wayne who's got some problems. Yeah. You know? but, yeah. Um, another thing of note uh, as we go back to the Penguin, a lot of animal rights groups were extremely upset and started protesting the film after they found out that penguins would have rockets strapped on their backs. <laughs> it just makes me crack up. <laughs> did that, uh, now did, that, did, they, did they have any information about penguins being hurt or anything like that? No, no. In, in, in fact, contrary, contrary to the opinion of uh, whatever animal rights groups were upset about this, those penguins, they had a, a walk-in refrigerator, they had a never-ending supply of fish and apparently, they were getting better treatment than the actors themselves. <laughs> so, so I mean, it's you know, to to I, I can understand you know like being upset whenever you find out that penguins are going to be putting like you know projectile missiles on, on their backs. Now, I noticed for that scene where they're putting him in the water after he passes on. Those are little people in costumes. Are they? I believe so. Walking so yeah, uniform. Yeah, I, can't, I can't imagine that they train. No, are they real Six emperor pe- penguins? I'm almost certain. I was looking at the boxness <laughs> of them and how even they were stepping with each other and they definitely weren't computers. You know, I'm almost you, certain those you are. You know what I love about people. it is that you say, I'm almost certain <laughs> those were not yeah. penguins. Yeah, it's it's true. Just the way they, they kind of look at each other irreverently, like, ah, oh, boy, the penguin died, huh? Kind of like us, right, fellas? I'm like, no, there's, <laughs> there are some people in there. Which, there must be. I will say that even whenever I was a, whenever I was a, a wee lad, that... Uh, that once they got to the point where the penguins, like the the big scheme is the penguins to start, like you know the big plan for the penguin is to start firing these like missiles. Oh like, yeah! At that point, I I stepped out for a second. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> this is a little much for me. <laughs> Come on, fellas. We all enjoy a happy meal from now from time to time, but uh, have some respect. Yeah, I'm an advanced map. The six order. emperor penguins that act as pallbearers and penguins' body at the end of the film were little people dressed as emperor penguins. <laughs> they also kind of like 
lift, not lift him, but like push him with the tips of their yes. penguin hands. Yeah. Into sure. the, and then they kind of give up. Yeah, right? they like, kind of give up, where they're but like, he keeps going. Let momentum, let, let uh, <laughs> yeah. whatever, you know, gravity do its work. Like yeah. they, <laughs> those were definitely union penguins. At oh, that absolutely. point. Yeah, <laughs> you're not going to find a uh, penguin that's going to work outside of uh, whatever card they have will allow them. The, the, the pad card or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Penguin Actors Guild. Yeah, look it up. That's, I think we cornered the market on that. But uh, so, so, with all this said, um, you know, if you get a chance, go to Vulcan Video, rent this movie. It's incredible. Rent all the Batmans because all of them leave their marker in their own way. Um, guys, do y'all have any final thoughts about this film uh, just as a whole or anything that we didn't touch upon? Well, here's what I would be curious to find out. And, and we're going to need a parent's help. I, I'd be curious to have um, a parent play this for their um, anyone that has a kid between second grade and sixth grade uh-huh. and see if like the kid watches it and just like laughs at it and doesn't and has no no chilling effects or anything sure my guess is that despite how wild this world has become and how quick kids grow up that just the aesthetics of that movie would uh would clear people out yeah i i I just feel like they there's there's certain things that they're touching upon uh in terms of the dreariness the music with the you're t- we're talking about the heavy violin strings and everything um and and kind of the the you know the sto- who so who's your guy in this batman like well he's not saying much right so you feel how you feel kid yeah. and I, i'm very curious how this would affect uh kids in this generation i think it would still um if it were to come out these days yeah this listen is called to that. children's hour this is there's nothing I would like to walk down basement stairs to less than as a child just go get you want corn for dinner go get it Robbie no mom I don't need it (laughs) I'm not going into the basement which isn't that one of the plot points right is that the penguin steals like I think like the mayor or somebody's kid right because he brings him back that's the ploy. The first time he shows up, it's like, oh, it's the crazy, the penguin guy's got feelings, which is really freaking insensitive yeah. to say from the beginning. But he shows up, right? And he's like, you know, like, I'm not, you know, I'm just this. I'm just a penguin man yeah. like you used to. <laughs> right. That's, and a, that's, that's when, a pretty good impression. And that's, whenever, <laughs> and that's whenever, I like how also there's just certain points in the movie where where everybody kind of has that moment, right? Like even Max Shrek, like one of the parts that sticks with me is whenever he's like, they're like, he's pretty much like Gotham Santa Claus, right? And like, and Max Shrek's like, Santa Claus, ha, I'm afraid not, <laughs> right? And then he like, it's like, okay. Like, I mean, like, fine. I, fine. Yeah, just, yeah. And there's a part where he goes, so sue me if I want to give a little bit back. And you're like, what, what's going on? He's got his own agenda, it's, you know? It's it's very uh, it's very bizarre, and uh, it seems like no one is there to keep the viewer safe. As much as Batman's there, uh, they're kind of just letting the villains run wild for Big a time. long time, which is the most fun part of, of, of a superhero movie, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Now, I don't think you want to go taking this so far where you've got three villains and you're trying to give equal screen time to two of them and then a little more for the third one because that's the main villain of the movie or whatever. I thought this movie still had a lot of balance in terms of 
villain versus Batman versus worked very well as a sequel. Yes, I thought you didn't have to do too much origin and all that kind of stuff, um, uh, which yeah is is wonderful. I think this this movie more so than the first uh, um, Batman of the eighties goes with the Christopher Nolan movies. Not that anyone's trying to connect them or whatever, but sure. like. This is that dark feel that a lot of people liked from the Christopher Nolan movies. It's coming from this movie uh, first and foremost. And I think it's important to note that it's one of the few movies, like most times whenever I see a comic book movie that has multiple villains, it's doomed, right? Like Spider-Man 3, awful. Didn't uh, have to be. Yeah, did not, did not have to be. Right. But it's just a mess, right? Yeah. Uh, it was Dark, awful for other reasons, too. This is true, yeah. right? Yeah. Dark Knight... Dark Self-fulfilling Knight. prophecy at this point. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The Dark Knight Rises, right? Probably too much story going on, right? At the end, you kind of undercut Bane by re- having this, like, reveal that's supposed to bring everything full circle, but really kind of, like, you know, kind of, like, emasculates Bane, right? I mean, like, you're like, what? Why, why was he the main character the whole time? Or, like, the villain, right? Just to have Selena Kyle kill him, too. That That's... Like he didn't even Batman didn't even have the opportunity to to complete that 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 to book in that part of the story. And we, we can talk about that some other day. Absolutely, we, I, will, I have yes. I have more opinions about the Nolan movies than I have. In, really I think yeah, we will media. definitely revisit the Nolan movies uh, probably like individually and then at large, mm-hmm. and then you know we'll we'll decide to do uh, do, do a uh, a podcast that'll be just devoted to to uh, troll one of, <laughs> one, <laughs> oh, one of on. the best one of the best uh, potential viewers of this movie is someone that really appreciates and loves the Christopher Nolan movies but doesn't remember this movie so well which frankly was me yeah, that, yeah. That, this and, and so uh, uh, or somebody that re- doesn't remember it too well as a kid and and kind of looking back at it and going I was how old when I saw that movie? Right. That's this is nuts. This yeah. is this is crazy. What was it rated? It had to be PG thirteen. Had to be a thirteen. Yeah. A hard thirteen. A hard thirteen. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, Roman numerals thirteen. Yeah. yeah. This exactly. was a PG X one one one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not uh, not an easy movie to take in mm-hmm. uh, uh, for for kids, uh, but something that I think adult fans of the uh, the Nolan movies would really. Which appreciate to look back on. Go to Vulcan. Get yeah, it. yeah, definitely go to Vulcan. Check it out. It's 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 interesting because I remember seeing Beetlejuice way before this, and being more like, like I don't know why, but being more unsettled by this movie than I was by Beetlejuice. Boy, you know, and but Beetlejuice was also very unsettling, big time. Michael Keaton, what are you doing? Well, I guess the alternative is multiplicity, and so like, what do you want from this guy? I like that movie. Hey. I don't remember it, but I just remember Steve. there being more. My, I finally had my fill of Michael Keaton, as it turned out, and so did that family. Big time. Uh, yeah. Uh, that, yeah. Andy McDowell still has a restraining order on him right now for that movie. That may or may not be true. On by the way. By the way, if everybody's wondering what's going on in the back of the noise, we are actually on set at the reboot of uh, Patrick Swayze's Roadhouse <laughs> right yeah. now. A lot of people flying through windows right now. 
A uh, lot of respect between bouncers. There's a code <laughs> that everyone keeps saying is unspoken, but they keep speaking about it. <laughs> yeah, I've never seen so many people nod. <laughs> yeah, not a not a throat yeah. in the audience either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not, a, not, a, not an existent throat in the audience. A lot of people uh, tipping their caps to each other, but they're just grabbing an invisible brim that's not there and like tipping their head down. I actually, dro- yeah, I dropped my drink on a rug a second ago. It turned out it was Sam Elliott's mustache. <laughs> so, so lots of weird things going on right now on your way boy. <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 lots of sioux city sarsaparilla flying plenty of kicks yeah it's yeah it's good it's all good it's a it's the perfect environment for for this night uh travis do you have any parting thoughts about this movie uh i uh yes would you like to <laughs> <laughs> would you like to uh elaborate on that thought sir um i actually would like to come back because i think at some point we should talk about suicide squad and i think we should talk about the dc ways okay. because there's something that i'd like uh that rob brought up about um or actually about uh, that you both brought up um individually about the concept of this being that that batman's the spine of the movie and it yeah. not not the actual characters because i feel like that's one of the things that suicide squad screwed up um, because I think Batman can exist in any of these universes as the bad guy, in a, in a way. Yeah. Uh, the boogeyman um, is the reason why I like the Heath Ledger Joker, yep. because he also showed up the same way Batman did. Batman shows up out of nowhere with in, uh, unlimited funds to stop the underground blank. Right. And then the Joker shows up with unlimited funds to stop the blank. The police, you know? Like, right. So yeah. I like those, those, those foils work really well, and yep. so you can have him anywhere, and then when you don't use them correctly, or you don't use the enemies correctly, the villains correctly, it's like, why even try? And so Batman, Batman Returns works out in that way of like telling a really interesting story where Batman is not necessary. He's, he's important, but he, you actually, he's like a flute in yes. a band. Yes. You, you miss him when he's gone, but you never really notice when he's there. Yeah. And, yeah. But he winds up being important. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I feel I like I said a bass instead of a flute. But no, whatever. I know what you mean. <laughs> is that why? Yeah, bass. No, you're absolutely right, though. Yeah. Although, is there a more fun image than Batman with a flute? Just <laughs> 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 playing it and struggling. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah, I like, I love Just the cowl, idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or what if, and that's a fear, a sound that like villains come to fear, like a little flute in the wind. <laughs> oh no, he's coming. <laughs> I like that a lot. Uh, now, I think one of the things, uh, is that part of the reason why Robin, uh, movies that include Robin are kind of difficult to succeed with? Because they don't involve uh, they don't involve Batman as the spine so much as Batman. Uh, well, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He has to be a dad. He now. has to be a dad yeah. now yeah. And, a, and a brother in arms. So that the Robin only exists. Well, don't, Robin only works when it's a second or a third Robin that's based off of like. So you still have. We should. That's a, but that's a yeah. movie I would love to see. Is like a movie that yeah, has a good Batman and Robin like dynamic, right? Because the only thing that we've seen. It's kind of where like Robin's like this kind of like incessant shit, right? Like yep. where he's just like like he's just yep. a petulant little boy, and Batman like is I mean, some controversy or some some clashing, well, some right. And yeah. it kind of goes back to my thing about the characters in the Batman universe is like it's really cool, it works very well, but I think like the best kind of Robin you can have is a Nightwing instead of a Robin. Yeah, he's, he's a he's a he's a jackass adult, right? And he, now he has the parental problems that Batman had before. Like, again, it's all about the thing. Oh, I lost my kids. I lost my parents. I'm so important. I still want to see a Red Hood story. You oh, know, like, yeah. that would oh, be yeah. amazing. Like, yeah. like where, where basically like we get that like kind of precursor where we get to see how Batman failed Robin. Yeah. And then it comes back around. And that to me is like getting into some like 
really kind of heavy, like heavy <laughs> plot points. I mean, in a good way. This podcast right. is just going to end with us crying about our fathers. That's, that's all <laughs> like, it is. It turns out that's the only story everyone ever wants to hear is like, dad kind of failed me. It's no longer going to be Tales from the Clerk. It's going to yeah. be like our dad. Yeah, our, our dad. Tales from the Cradle. T- yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is ultimately what Batman Returns is about, right? From the cradle to like, the grape. <laughs> yes. It's, I'm sorry. Hey, don't yeah. ever apologize. You be you. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I think that this movie, if you if you go back, especially if you watch back to back Dark Knight Rises versus this in uh, this film, you see a lot of heavy influences, right? Like mm-hmm. a cold, like really kind of like this dark, like like a winter is there, right? And and the the city, like even though in like the first the first Batman, Tim Burton's Batman, the city's pretty you know kind of scummy, right? This one, there just feels like like it, it, it kind of chills you to the bones, I, right? Honestly, because uh, I think you know it sounds somewhat hyperbolic when you say it, yeah. but you're not. You're not being hyperbolic. It I, makes right. me want to put on a sweatshirt when yes. I see this movie for yes. real. It just it has it. It you look at that city and you go, everyone's trying to get inside as soon as they can. It's basically a, a cinematic equivalent to everyone standing in a lobby going, right, cold right. out there. Right. Well, let's grab a pop. Pot, lollipop from the bank, like right. for our kids. Like, right. Okay. okay. It's, it is a very <laughs> chilly, uh, very chilly movie. Uh, the first, the first Batman. It is a scummy city, but this one has a chill to it, yeah. for sure. And your parents aren't there to hold you for it. No. Uh, and, yeah. Yeah. It is it's it's quite something. It's probably, I mean, without a doubt, I'd say one of the strangest blockbuster films of all time. Not to mention it was, as we said, released in June. Which is so what? weird, right? That yeah, this, this is, is a December a, movie, right? This is a November December movie. Yep. November at the earliest. Yeah, that you can get away. Maybe you release this a little before um, Halloween, yeah. and you're trying to you know just capitalize on that in a way. But yeah, this is very much November December movie. Really it's a up. Q4 movie. It screwed up the yeah. pooch. Like uh, screwed up the pooch. Screwed, screwed up the pooch. That's the way we say it now. That's uh, actually a really good way to say screwed. <laughs> screwed. It's screwed it up. Yeah. Screwed up the pooch. Um, especially because, like, when the Harry Potter movies came out, there were Christmas releases. Yes. And when I when I saw a Harry Potter, right. it was like I I knew when it was going to come out during Christmas, and those were some of my favorite memories. Yeah. Of seeing movies is like knowing it was going to be the winter is going to be it's the deepest part of the winter. Right. And it's going to see this dark thing as it as it plays out, and of course that's like far more adolescent literature than Batman's ever going to be. Right. But still, like you miss that opportunity to have that dark thing that starts off. And then have it in the same, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's How not, important it's so weird. It's not, is it for a kid to walk out of a movie and feel like, like, so you walk out of that yeah. Batman movie yeah. and it's summer yeah. and it's warm at yeah. night? You're yeah. like, oh, that was that's all a lie. Yeah. Whereas if you walk right. out of that movie and it's cold, you go, how far away is the car? Yeah, you got, yeah, like. Yeah. Mom, it's, why are you wearing your pearls? <laughs> yeah, it's you a, smell fish. Yeah, <laughs> it's a. Content- your mother hasn't showered in a few days. <laughs> Don't mention it. Easy. Whoa, whoa. Easy. <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa. Put, oh boy, everybody gets one though. Mother. Everyone right. gets one. Yeah. So uh, uh, on, well, on that note, uh, well, the, well, a ching of the glass of feminine hygiene. The, fi- the, fi- the final, the, the final touch. Well done. Um, so on that note, thank you everybody for listening to Tells from the Clerk. The first tells from the clerk go and rent batman returns at vulcan video south or vulcan video north if you want to get a hold of us you can uh, find us on vulcan video at facebook or go to vulcan video atx twitter 
and suggest whatever sh- whatever movie or TV show if you want to. Give, uh, us a, give us a good one or one that's so bad it's good. Yes. Right? Yes. Anything. Uh, I will say this. Anything is on the table as long as it's remarkable. Right? Yes. I think that it has to leave an impression. So anything in the middle, like uh, uh, Mission to Mars or uh, any anything like that's a five or a four on a scale of one to ten, get that the hell out of here. We have no room. <laughs> we have no love for films that are not remarkable, right? I, yeah, remarkable. Picture holding your hot little hand, holding it in your hot little hands, yes. and you, you reach behind the video. You hope there's a copy behind it. Yes. Oh. There is. Yes. And you get excited. You, and you carry that around. You don't want to let that yeah. go. You carry that around until you finalize your movie pick. Can I recommend one for the next one? Absolutely. Yeah, right. Are we going to do this weekly or, or bi week? We can monthly? do whatever we want. Okay. It's our world. Either way, we are we are having a movie recommendation Murder Party. Murder Party. Murder Party. Tell me about Murder Party. Set the stage. Murder Party is about a lonely man who lives by himself, who um, is going to have a, a Halloween all by himself. He goes, like he goes home with some movies. He's going to watch some, some horror movies. Okay. He's got a big bowl of candy corn. He goes to sit down, and his cat will not leave his favorite chair. And he, looks, and he looks at a card that he found on the way back from the movie, from the movie store, the rental store, and it said, you're invited to a murder party. And he's like, okay. So he makes some, he makes some pumpkin bread with raisins in it or whatever. He makes his incredible Lancelot costume out of cardboard. Nice. He walks to the party. And they look at him, looks like six or seven people look at him and say, hey, welcome to your murder party. We're going to kill you. And they knock him out. And it's excellent since past that, there's twists, there's turns. Is that like in the it's first hilarious. 15 minutes? Yeah, it's like the first 15 That's minutes. That's amazing. What yeah. year did this come out? Uh, Roughly. It's within decade. the last 10 years. I had to have to within really? the last 10 years? Last I was picturing the 80s. I was picturing the 80s. I was too. I'm very into this, though. Oh, it's, it's, we, wo- it's wonderful because it was, it was just like that. Walk into a, a movie store the first time in a long time. You walk in, you're looking at something like, Murder party. I would. I would scroll past this. I'll tell you what. Yeah. I know it. I and I'm not even kidding. I know what I'm. What I'm going to rent next because everybody. 2007. 2007. Yeah. Okay. And that's another thing that, like, seriously, like the like everybody at Vulcan, like they just live, eat, sleep, breathe movies, right? Like, I mean, we still are getting. Call- I got a call yesterday uh, from Stephen. Shout out Stephen, one of the amazing uh, employees at Vulcan, who's like, Adam, you have 12 movies. That are out. Please, for the love of God, return them. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, that's how I got the job. Yeah, exactly. That's pretty much how, right. Exactly. I'm like, it's then research. I'm out of here, boss. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, murder party with uh, basically we will do the Midnight Society style. Like it'll be submitted for the approval. Rob, are you down for murder party? Uh, I should have some. I I, I wanted a gavel and. Uh, to, I want to gavel oh. to, to bang there and go, yes, here, here. I will watch mo- Murder Party. If anybody who listens to this, yes. uh, anybody who listens to this has a, a spare gavel lying around, you can go ahead and bring it to yeah. us at the next uh, the next podcast. But uh, yeah, so Murder Party will, in it, will be the next one. Murder and there Party will it be, is. Yeah, Murder Party it is. And there will be plenty of other films of the 36,000 selections of Vulcan Video to choose from. Uh, with that said... This was a great first uh, first podcast. Thank you so much, Rob. Thank you. Appreciate you having me. And thank you to Travis. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I'm Adam Sweeney. I'm Rob Gagnon. And I'm Travis Kilbert. And you've been listening to Tell Us From The Clerk. Y'all have a great night. Mm-hmm.